Most people are not equipped to understand the seemingly endless facets of an HOA. That's why we're here, to help you become uncommonly prepared to serve your HOA. Whether you're a board member or a manager, join us in the Uncommon Area. Welcome to the Uncommon Area. I am Matthew Holbrook, and in this episode, I'm going to discuss having effective board meetings. I figure that I have probably personally attended about 1,500 board meetings for homeowners associations over the years, and so I have a particular interest in these meetings going well, and we want this episode to help board members and help managers have effective board meetings. I think the very first board meeting I ever went to in this business lasted about 17 minutes and I thought, uh, that's not really that big of a deal. This should be pretty easy. The next night, I went to my second board meeting, and uh, that meeting ended up going over six and a half hours. And so I saw the full spectrum right out the gate. And uh, over the years, I've been able to observe and see certain things that uh, help make board meetings go really well, and some factors that uh, you can usually count on will, will make board meetings be much less effective. And so we're going to unpack that in this episode. So the first half of this episode is going to focus uh, specifically on the legal factors about uh, having a board meeting for a homeowners association. And then in the second half of this episode, we'll get into some of the, the practical considerations as to how to lead and function in a board meeting to help it to, uh, to go um, as well as you can have it go. So starting with the legal considerations, um, when you have an association board meeting, uh, you are probably aware that there are two different types of uh, prominently two different types of board meetings that an association can have. You can have an executive session of the board of directors and you can have a regular session or an open session meeting of the board of directors. So the executive session is limited to the board members plus anyone that they would invite for specific purposes. And the open session is open to all members would be able to attend and even have a certain level of participation in the meeting. So we'll cover both of those. But first of all, we look at um, the executive sessions for a, uh, a board meeting. And um, sometimes board members tend to think that um, they can talk about whatever they want in executive session and then talk about whatever they want to talk about in front of everybody else in the open session. And it's important to point out that there are legal considerations and that there are only four topics that legally can be discussed in an executive session of the board of directors. And so those four topics would include uh, issues related to legal matters, to personnel issues, to member discipline, and to the formation of contracts. And so uh, I'll talk about each, each of those just very briefly. But legal issues would be anything that would have uh, legal ramifications for the association. So obviously, any meetings that you would have with your uh, association attorney, 
uh, just even with or without your attorney to discuss uh, any actual litigation that's going on in the community or even any potential litigation if there is a reason to believe that certain issues might lead to potential litigation. Um, those types of things can be discussed in executive session. Secondly, you can discuss personnel issues. So these would be issues relating to employees who are directly employees of the association, or even if you were having meetings directly with contractors, vendors relating to their performance, and you wanted to have a discussion around those, um, those services, um, you can discuss those with those employees or vendors or contractors in executive session. And then there's member discipline issues. So that would be your issues relating to hearings um, and uh, also to discussions around uh, collections and delinquencies. And so um, we would note you can discuss uh, matters relating to collections and to delinquencies in executive session. But the actual decisions, if you're going to make a decision to have a lien filed on a home, that actual, that final decision relating to the lien being filed, that needs to take place um, during a regular open session in front of other homeowners. Now to protect privacy of uh, homeowners who might um, be subject to having a lien placed on their unit. Um, we usually recommend that uh, the references to making those decisions would be applied towards the owner's account numbers as opposed to their address or to their name, and that protects privacy. But you can still um, make those decisions in that way. Again, discussion around that can happen in executive session, but the actual decision on liens happens in open session. And then we uh, and then we come to contract formation, and so this is where uh, boards can talk about actual contracts in the association and the negotiation of contracts, and even the terms related to contracts in. Um, executive session. This is where, where when you are contracting with a vendor, with a consultant, uh, you can have those discussions either with the vendor or consultant, or even the board can have that um, just with themselves as they are talking through the different parameters of the contract. Now, what we need to keep in mind is discussion around the formation of contracts does not apply to the discussion of all contracts or all proposals. Sometimes boards think, oh, it's a contract um, when they're looking at a proposal for some type of services. Therefore, we can talk about it and make a decision in executive session. That's true if you're talking about the terms and the nature of the contract. But if you are making a decision to approve a specific proposal just in general without getting into the specific details of the contract, then that would need to be addressed in open session. And so um, if you have questions about how that applies, that's the type of thing that your uh, association attorney can give you um, more specific guidance on. And so those are the four categories that you can discuss in uh, in executive session. And for topics that don't meet one of those four categories, they must be discussed in an open meeting of the board of directors. And so what is an open meeting? An open meeting is one in which any a uh, homeowner or member of the association can attend and, uh, and, and witness and observe the meeting. And also, um, any member who attends has the right to be able to speak um, during that open session or during that open board meeting. And so, um, typically, what we would recommend in that situation is that you would have a designated time in the meeting that we would call open forum in which uh, homeowners would be 
uh, permitted to speak one at a time during that open forum session. And so we'll come back a little bit to talking about how to have that, uh, do that effectively a little bit later on in this episode. But at this point, just noting that in your open session, you do have to allow homeowners the right, the opportunity to speak and to address the board, um, to speak about uh, any items on the agenda or anything even not on the agenda, homeowners can speak into those. And so we allow that um, during any open session. And then when we uh, think about these regular open session meetings or the executive session, we have to consider what type of notice is required for these types of meetings. And so what the law requires is before any regular meeting of the board of directors, the regular open session, uh, there is a minimum requirement of four days notice um, to be given. And we'll get here in just a minute to discuss what constitutes notice. But for a regular meeting, four days notice um, to the membership is required. Uh, for an executive session meeting, um, there is at least two days that's required to give notice to the membership before an executive session um, can be held. Now, with both of these, um, notice also requires that you are posting the agenda for the meeting. And so for a regular meeting, you're going to post the actual agenda items and list uh, everything that you're going to discuss in the, in the regular meeting. The board is going to be restricted to legally only being able to discuss and make decisions. So it's discuss and or make decisions um, on any matter that is on the agenda that has been posted uh, at least four days in advance before the meeting. And when you post the executive session agenda, we would recommend that you would just post the four categories that uh you can generally discuss in executive session. You don't have to list the specific agenda items. Um, again, it's executive session. It's intended to be private just for the board members. And so you can list the four, um, the four general categories being uh, legal matters, um, member discipline, personnel issues, or the formation of contracts, or I would list all four of those. And then that would give you the freedom to discuss any matters that would legally fall into the executive session realm for the board of directors. And so um, what's really important is making sure that you post the, um, the, the meeting notice the, the date, the time, the location of the meeting, along with the agenda, at least four days before a regular meeting and at least two days before an executive session meeting. So then the question comes, where do you post these notices? How do you post the notices? So um, probably the most common and prominent way to do this is um, an association does um, an annual disclosure mailer every year. Usually we recommend that that goes out with your budget mailer. But in that annual disclosure mailer, one of the things you're going to um, communicate to the membership is the location of where um, your meeting notices are going to be posted. And so you can post, um, you can, you can uh, designate those locations to be someplace in the common area that is accessible to all members. Um, but you can also now, and this is a relatively new development, you can designate a website or someplace online that people could go to to see the notices and the agenda for, um, for board meetings. You can also mail out uh, to all members um, the, uh, the notice for a board meeting. You can email to members a notice of the board meeting to anyone, to any member who has already provided consent to receive notification by email. So unless you have 
everybody in the association has provided that consent. Um, you're going to, going to be limited to giving notice only to those who have provided that consent to receive that by email. Everyone else you would have to notice in one of the other legally appropriate ways. Another way that you could put, you could um, post notice and in, in the agenda of a board meeting would be through a community newsletter that, again, would have to be distributed either um, hard copy to everyone um, and or um, by email to those who have, again, provided consent to receive um, official notices in that way. And lastly, you can provide notice for your um, board meetings through um, an insert or um, something added to the um, billing statement that goes out to uh, homeowners on a monthly or quarterly or whatever the frequency is um, basis. So um, those would be the uh, the different ways that uh, you can post those notices. And again, you want those notices to include the date, time, location of the board meeting along with the agenda for the meeting. Four days before a regular meeting, two days before executive session. One other category that um, where a board can have a meeting would be for an emergency board meeting, in which case notice can be bypassed. But the law defines an emergency board meeting to be um, an unforeseeable event that arises that is an immediate threat to life or property within the community. And so if something comes up that's unforeseeable, um, posing an immediate threat to life or property and requires an immediate decision, uh, the board can waive the notice requirements and hold an, uh, an emergency uh, board meeting to address that type of a matter. And so now we move on and uh, we want to talk about um, what are just maybe some practical considerations to having an effective board meeting. Um, and, and so I want to go back and, uh, and address the open forum. And under this, we start with the open forum, but just kind of one umbrella consideration to board meetings. And that is um, shorter meetings are generally better meetings. And uh, that might sound like we're trying to uh, skirt responsibility or to shortcut processes um, or maybe to avoid doing things that are hard by having longer board meetings. But the reality is um, sometimes you do have to have longer board meetings and that's, um, uh, there's, there's topics that come up and that, that re just require more time and more discussion. That's understandable. But as a general rule, um, having uh, more efficient and effective board meetings is really helpful for a variety of reasons. And so some of the reasons why and, and, and to consider this would be, um, one, just in the uh, when it comes to the nature of recruiting other homeowners to be board members, if the board meetings are always taking four or five hours long, um, even three hours long, you're going to really limit the pool of people who would be, one, available to do that, uh, make that kind of commitment, and two, who would be willing to do that. And so when you have more effective and efficient board meetings, you open the pool for more people to be able to ultimately participate on the board. And uh, that's a good thing for the community. Secondly, um, efficient and effective board meetings are simply just going to produce better results. Oftentimes, most board members are attending board meetings, uh, oftentimes in the evening after long day, of, uh, of working and um, it's, it's, it's an added uh, responsibility into most people's lives on top of already busy schedules. And so by the time they arrive at a board meeting, um, most board members are not fresh and, and full of energy. And so the longer those board meetings go, um, just even from a physical standpoint, 
um, we become less effective. We think less clearly um, when we are more tired. And so again, more effective, efficient, shorter board meetings allow uh, board members to serve in a way where you're operating closer to kind of a, a peak performance uh, level. And so those shorter meetings are going to uh, to be more effective in that way. And then third, um, shorter board meetings are often just a reflection of preparation. If the management is prepared, if the board members are prepared and um, the homework has been done, you can walk into a meeting and those shorter meetings are going to be a reflection of greater levels of preparation and, and again, just um, a more efficiently run meeting. And so one of the things that drives the length of board meetings uh, can often be open forum. Um, open forum is a time that things can often um, get stretched out and, and take a very, very long time. And so um, one of the things that we would recommend is that uh, for open forum, that uh, there be a limitation on the amount of time that a homeowner speaks during open forum, that you would use a speaker's list um, where people would sign in and say, I want to speak during open forum, and you go down in order of when they have signed in, and you take each homeowner one at a time. This provides a level of organization um, and um, and allows the open forum to flow more smoothly. And so um, the law does allow for a reasonable limitation to be um, to be given uh, to the open forum time. I have seen some board members uh, not like the idea of limiting open forum um, contributions or questions or, or um, input under the uh, the the perspective that we want to be welcoming and we want to allow everyone the opportunity to say whatever it is they want to say and we want to be accommodating and fair. And the reality is, while that can be true in many cases, what you also see is if you have multiple people there wanting to participate in open forum, some people might be coming just to ask a question or make a comment to the board at the beginning of the meeting. And maybe they need to get home um, for dinner with their family, or maybe they have other things going on that night and they can only stay for so long. If one homeowner dominates open forum for 20 minutes at a time, um, and uh, um, stretches out that open forum time, it may be that homeowners who come and want to participate could ultimately be shut out of being able to do that at all because maybe they have to leave because the open forum has gone on too long. So again, an efficient use of open forum time, setting some limits, doing it in order, one homeowner at a time, um, just contributes to the overall equity of the open forum and allowing everyone to participate in a fair way. Um, within that also, you're sending a message as a board to the community that you're operating the association and leading the association in a professional um, way that is not haphazard, is not chaos, which sometimes open forum can devolve into levels of, of chaos and disorganization. But when you hold it and you, and you have a, a good structure to your open forum, you're sending a message that there's a certain amount of, of control and, and sanity and, um, and uh, professionalism, and people can have confidence in their board of directors. And so we do recommend that. We recommend that, uh, that you have some uh, defined structure to your open forum. And to do that, even when it seems that things are pretty relaxed, um, when there's not anything controversial and no one has a whole lot to say, but just developing that as a pattern and as a sequence in how your uh, meetings run, um, it's just, again, going to send the right message to the members who are there, but also um, you'll kind of have those 
board meeting muscles worked out and ready so that when those issues do arise where maybe there's a little bit more controversy or a little bit more emotion or more people involved in wanting to contribute their opinions, which at some point every association has those issues that arise, um, if you have, if you've made the practice of doing that regularly, then um, it's easier to um, to kind of implement and to follow that when things get a little bit more um, emotional or chaotic or potentially chaotic, and you can still maintain that level of decorum and professionalism over the course of the meeting. It's also important to note that the board is limited by law to only discussing items that are on the agenda in the board meeting. So homeowners can come to open forum and they can ask questions or give input on things that are on the agenda or not on the agenda. And oftentimes if, uh, uh, input is given on items that are not on the agenda. The board can listen. They can take that feedback. But that's where the board would respond and say to the homeowner, thank you very much for that feedback, for that input. Um, we'll take that under advisement. We'll add that to a future agenda item. Um, but the board needs to be careful to not um, be engaging in discussion on those items, especially if they're not on the agenda. And in fact, um, our recommendation would be that the board not engage in discussion on anything brought up in open forum. If a homeowner asks a question, obviously answer that question if, if you have the answer. Um, but if they are giving input or providing um, commentary on anything that is on the agenda later, um, then wait uh, until later in the meeting to discuss that input along with that agenda item. Again, just for decorum and for professionalism, um, that allows for a higher level of organization and more effect effectiveness in the board meeting. It's also helpful if the board has a structure to how the board has agreed to run the meeting. Um, Oftentimes we've seen, especially in this era where a lot of board meetings are being held on Zoom, but even in person, um, it can be very helpful to have either the manager or the chair of the meeting designated as the person who's running the meeting and then um, having the responsibility to call on other board members who raise their hand or give other type of indication that they have something to, that they want to say and to have board members wait until they have been recognized by the chair or by the manager before speaking in the meeting. And um, this just, again, provides a high level of um, organization to the meeting, um, avoids a lot of the crosstalk where people don't hear each other, and especially where things can become more animated or, or more involved, um, it can help to uh, keep emotions at bay and um, keep things from escalating into an unhealthy place. So just kind of, again, having that, that practice of one person speaks at a time and, and that being controlled through um, recognition from the chair of the meeting or, uh, or from the manager of the meeting. Also, when we're talking about an effective board meeting, and I referenced this earlier, um, but board members and managers who come to meetings prepared are going to be more likely to have uh, an effective board meeting. And so um, from a board member standpoint, uh, what preparation means and looks like um, really comes down to reviewing the material that's been provided ahead of time um, regarding the items on the agenda and being familiar with, with what's there and uh, what I would really encourage is to ask any questions you have regarding that material 
ask that of the manager or the management team prior to the board meeting. Um, this allows the manager, if they have to do any additional research, um, they can have that answer prepared and answer you in the meeting. And um, you're not going to be left in a situation where you ask a question and maybe the manager is not able to answer that on the spot. And then maybe you end up having to table an agenda item because you lack information. As much as you can, ask questions and get information ahead of time before the board meeting. And then that would allow you to be more prepared to actually make decisions at the meeting. And then what this leads to is the ideal function of the board at a board meeting would be making as much as possible policy decisions at board meetings, as opposed to making decisions on every little thing that comes up in the association. The more that the board can establish policies that provide direction and authority to management, to committees, to other board members, um, to be able to make decisions um, on various issues that arise, the more efficiently and effectively your association can run. And overall, the more effectively and efficiently your association runs, the better experience that is for your members, for your homeowners, the more quickly you can accomplish objectives, the more quickly you can respond to needs that homeowners may, um, may raise to management or to other board members. And so um, it's a better experience overall. And, and this is driven, again, by boards that are able to establish the right policies and really think in terms of policy, what policies can we establish to be able to empower managers, or again, maybe in some cases, board members or committee members to be able to make certain decisions or take certain actions under the guidelines of a policy. And so um, moving boards to where you're functioning much more on the direction of, of establishing policies wherever possible, that's going to overall, um, again, even make your board meetings much more effective. And then lastly, um, just circling back to executive sessions, uh, just to give some uh, guidance, um, one of the topics that you can discuss in executive session is um, member discipline. And one of the common ways uh, that you discuss member discipline is through hearings. So you invite a homeowner to a hearing to address a non-compliance or a violation issue related to that, um, that particular member. You want to consider how is the board going to conduct itself during that hearing? And uh, the input that we would give is that uh, after obviously um, making uh, appropriate greetings and welcoming the homeowner, you do want to make them feel comfortable and, and to appreciate them for coming. But once you start the hearing process, everything that board members say should end in a question mark. In other words, board members should only be asking questions during the hearing and not engaging in back and forth, not providing commentary, um, but asking questions. The purpose of the hearing is to be gathering information from the person that you invited to the hearing. And then at the end of the hearing, um, thanking the person who attended and then um, letting them know that they will be um, receiving a response in writing from management following the, uh, the board meeting. Um, what this allows is that, um, again, you don't get into a back and forth and this uh, limits um, uh, arguments or other types of uh, matters that could escalate in a hearing. But it also provides protection that any one board member who might be trying to answer a question or provide uh, help or encouragement even to a homeowner who's come, um, they may be speaking out of turn um, without the input from the overall board. And so before any board member speaks and provides a response back to 
a homeowner, you want there to be an opportunity for the whole board to discuss. And then that allows the board to speak with one voice in response um, to that homeowner. And then that one voice is a response in writing so that you have clarity. It's representing the whole board. And so um, it isn't um, out of the realm, and I've seen this, where a board member feels like they want to give a response in that hearing on the spot. And then it turns out that when the whole board talks about it, that that whatever response was given um, is not consistent with the ultimate response that the board wants to have for that hearing. And then the board is in the position where you have to backtrack on something that was said during that hearing. So again, um, in the hearing, uh, board members, uh, we would encourage you ask questions, gather information, thank the homeowner, and then after the homeowner is left, the board can discuss how you want to respond and then give instruction to the manager to send a written response to that homeowner. Um, that's the most effective uh, practice in how to conduct the hearings in executive session. So those are just some of the things that uh, over the years that uh, I've observed and that we see as a, as a company that help to provide uh, effective board meetings and the foundation for things running well um, within a board meeting context. So we hope that that was helpful and hope that you continue to watch for more episodes of The Uncommon Area.